Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, February 5th, 2010, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm Cameron Strang, back from the ice and cold of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I brought a cold with me. So, in this week's episode, I will be performing as Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's not in drag, just to clarify that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, here with me in our Orlando, Florida studios in a closed room and will soon have colds themselves is the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello, hello. Our associate editor, Ryan Ham. Hi, everybody. And uh, the newest member of the relevant team, Josh Loveless. Hey, people. Now, I noticed last week on the podcast, Sans Me, you introduced yourself as senior editor of New. Yeah, did you, 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 did you wear, not? You did, wear multiple hats here. I wasn't sure if you knew about that. You picking that one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you just promoted yourself. I thought you were about to say, I didn't know you did that here. <laughs> hey, that's the kind of initiative that Cameron likes. <laughs> I'm a real go getter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and on the Skype line from, oh, yeah. <laughs> from Virginia, <laughs> Virginia. Who is, is that strange voice <laughs> making hilarious commentary? Is Jesse Carey, of course. Uh, um, now, I, last week's uh, podcast was a little unsettling for me. Because it's, I went on a, a a sabbatical last year for a couple of months, and while I was gone, I intentionally did not listen to the podcast. It was actually the first time we'd ever done podcasts that I didn't host, mm-hmm. and so if it was immensely better, I didn't want to know it. <laughs> right. if it. If it was immensely worse, I didn't want to know it. <laughs> right. So yeah, ignorance was bliss. However, last week's podcast, I wanted to hear, mm-hmm. and you guys co-hosted it. And I have to say, you guys did a great job. Oh, thanks! It was thank, a it was a you. really enjoyable podcast. Thank you. I think it much. went pretty well. I think the only part that like people didn't necessarily get was one guy I saw on Twitter asked if I really didn't know anything about the Conan Leno debate. Okay. Because I I think at one point I was like I haven't heard anything about yeah. this. And you're so believable. Your job is to know about the Conan. Yeah. Leno. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I write slices. I write about it every day, yeah. at least twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. The funniest thing for me was I could hear, very subtly, but I could hear coming out of breaks when you'd say what we're listening to or whatever, that you guys, just by habit, were f- like fighting the inflection that I've done for yeah. five years. And that you guys like were conscious, like, I want to do it my own way, but then you would revert back to the, <laughs> to the way that I've been doing it. I was, I was told that I had to say... It's the week go. <laughs> so I told it's my it's jo- in your contract. <laughs> it is. It is. It's it a senior editor contract. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That he's that he's been drafting all. <laughs> we have a really amazing podcast for you lined up today. We have uh, Oscar award-winning filmmaker Davis Guggenheim coming up. He's the filmmaker behind An Inconvenient Truth. Also, It Might Get Loud, the new one that's getting incredible buzz, featuring Jack White, The Edge, and Jimmy Page. And he's actually at Sundance right now promoting his new documentary called Waiting for Superman, and it's about public education. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up later. Josh Loveless talks to him. Um, and, and we have a very special um, filler game coming up for you a little bit later. Mm-hmm. We, uh, that, well, I just got into Harvey Weinstein territory there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, we, we we normally have a couple segments. Last last week, you guys used three special segments, I think. So so this week, we only have one. We felt like the whole thing was special. <laughs> okay. It was one long <laughs> special segment. It was a very yeah. special episode. Um, and then also, we have a huge announcement that podcast fans probably will, of, of, of all the people that we reach, you guys will probably be most excited about what we're going to tell you about a little bit later. So nothing like a good tease. With all that said, let's kick it off with entertainment releases and slices. All right, music coming out on Tuesday, February 9th. We have quite a few uh, options for you. We've got Hot Chip with One Left Stand. Massive Attack with Heligoland. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds yeah. like Lego. Land. It does sound that like that Lego makes Lego. me really excited. <laughs> Sade is coming out with Soldier of Love. Shade. That sounds a very tough soldier mm-hmm. to me. Uh, Yay Sayer with Odd Blood. Mm. Uh, did you catch that in the, um, in the magazine that just went to the printer? Mm-hmm. The night before it went, we realized that every reference to Yaysayer in the music guide was misspelled. Really? Yaysayer. Wow. Yeah, we kept kept calling him Yaysayer. So anyway, we fixed it. Luckily, find and replace can 
clean up a whole magazine. <laughs> that's, that's all. That's, that's all we, we usually do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it. it's just <laughs> template at this at this point. We just type in different people's names. Yeah, <laughs> we just find and replace Bono and put in. Put Martin. in the guy from Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Toby Mac is coming out with tonight. Still, really oh. interesting. Uh, Fireflight. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Fire- wow. Fireflight is coming out with. Talk, talk about dry, like a dry bar. <laughs> really? Hmm, how about that? I didn't know he's still alive. <laughs> uh, for those who wait, uh, Fireflight. And last but not least, Fair is coming out with Disappearing World. They are on Tooth and Nail. Movies coming out on Friday the 12th. We have Wolfman. Starring Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins. That looks terrifying. Yeah, I was going to say good or not They're good. Terrifyingly awesome. <laughs> Re- Remember Me, starring Robert Pattinson and Pierce Brosnan. Heck yeah. <laughs> Back off it. Back off it. I wasn't going to say Keep anything. Keep your mouth shut, Ryan. <laughs> I Love You, Philip Morris, starring Jim Carrey and Ewan McGregor. I, I hate that guy's name. Ewan. Ewan? I don't know. How- Ewan. 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 And uh, Valentine's Day, starring Julia Roberts, Emma Roberts. I, I could be reading the stars in the next yeah. 12 minutes. And also Dwight Howard is yes. in it. Really? He's is in, he really? Yeah, he filmed the, this summer out in L.A., which is why he still is terrible at free throws, because he spent his summer shooting <laughs> movies. And that's why in four cameos. months he'll have another baby. Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. That just got real. <laughs> yeah. real. Let's see. Why don't you just take a run at his character? <laughs> <laughs> Movies with celebrity uh, cast, all-star cast, never pan out for me. I don't know why, but it just seems like the more stars are in it, the worse the movie is. This one might have some heart. We'll see. Know. It might. It's directed by it the guy who did Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride, and like those are sort of... Rom com <laughs> classics. Are your Those are I saw I saw <laughs> Runaway Bride in the theater on a failed double date. Ooh. Oh. Failed. Yeah. For you or for them? For Wait, me. So your date just decided <laughs> oh, not to partake. Well, no, because it was so mostly you were third wheel. Well the other yeah, people it was a double date turned third wheel situation. <laughs> the other couple already liked each other and this was like I liked this girl, but I didn't think she liked me. Was she so sitting like, in front of you in the movie no, theater she and she didn't know she was on the double date? <laughs> Did you just did you just follow three random people? <laughs> like, hey, guys. maybe I can turn this into a double date. <laughs> oh, fail! Yeah. Just yeah. just another lonely night at a Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> it, it essentially was a microcosm of my high school dating experience. Oh man! Yeah. Speaking stuff. of blind double date, she never saw you coming. <laughs> oh. She was literally blind. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, TBS plays that quite a bit quite late a bit. night on the weekends. Which one? Uh, well, both away. of them, oh, okay, Runaway yeah. Bride in particular. Yeah. It's kind of enjoyable yeah. and in bed with your wife late at night I watching TBS. Know. I'm just telling you, yeah. for future I have, reference. I have a twin. <laughs> <laughs> Who sleeps in the bed with you? No, I have a twin bed. Oh, I thought you were a twin <laughs> no. and your twin slept with you. No, that would, that would be weird. <laughs> and also it would, it, mysterious. It would explain quite a bit, though. Well, oh. the Swedish man in China would explain that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's just go ahead and segue into slices. It's time for slices. Take it away, Jesse. All right. Well, I, I did this slice because I, um, via this new social network that uh, matches you with your celebrity lookalike, um, I found uh, some pictures that relevant staffers did a uh, did a, a marathon or something recently. That is true. That is true. They did. No, no, and, no, uh, nobody in this room. <laughs> how, how did you find this again? I was in an old country buffet. That explains the sweat. Uh, Yeah, I I was in bed watching Runaway Bride. (laughs) But also had a race theme going on. Um, No, I I was going to say, that's Facebook. You know, it's it's doppelganger, uh, like, month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's doing pictures of celebrity lookalikes. Yours is freaky. Isn't that good? Oh. So... Okay, so I didn't know that until you just told me, but it yeah. explains something that happened to me last night. I got a friend <laughs> request from a guy named Nick Anderson, and his picture was me. <laughs> and, and I thought, I, th- I, I, I rejected it. Yeah. I thought, I don't know what this guy's doing, trying to pose as me or whatever. Anyway, so then he sends me a message, and he goes, oh, no, I'm so sorry. My friends and I are all doing pictures of celebrities that we look like this month and and they say I look like you so you're my picture for the month <laughs> here p- click on my pictures and look at them to see if, I, if he really looks like me no it's wow. really, I mean it is my picture I mean he used my picture right but, but his real picture he really actually looks like a skinnier version of me wow <laughs> so apparently I'm you know a G-list 
Christian celebrity <laughs> to exciting. some Facebook kid. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. Sorry, Jesse. No, 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 that's okay. I was going to say, uh, you know, mine is, well, you know, people, they, they're, they're welcome to look for me on Facebook. I, I have been told I have a resemblance to Ace Young, yes. uh, who is also a phenomenal artist like myself. Is that a pet detective? <laughs> no, he he was on like season I don't know four of American Idol, it's and freaking, I'm really glad he didn't make it. Oh my goodness, we just, we just pulled up his picture. You look exactly like Ace Young. Go to go to his Facebook page. He's got it right next to each other. That's it's Scott. Jesse's. Jesse's does. Yeah, that's Scott Stapp from Creed, <laughs> <laughs> which I also frequently get. But I- anyway, I-, I was I was on Facebook and I saw that several relevant staffers did a marathon, which I yes. thought was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this on uh, on the newswire of another race that is the toughest race in the world, and I think that next year they need to take it up a notch. It's called the Tough Guy Contest. Have you guys heard of this? No. No. It, it takes place in the UK, and literally they have to run through barbed wire. It's eight miles, <laughs> mud, broken glass, and fire. Sweet. Are they, yes. are they barefoot? Uh, I think you can wear whatever you want. Okay. But I'm looking at pictures on here, and there's literally a guy on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it's one thing, you know, running, uh, whatever, 26 and a half miles on pavement. It's another thing when you're doing it through broken glass and fire. Wow. But here, this is literally a quote. It said, uh, the people uh, attempt the course as a journey of self-discovery. If people break their <laughs> People break their legs. They don't come whining like many in our in our uh, blame and claim culture. They ring up and apologize, saying, "Please come back next year." Wow. And they also said, "We've also had more and more children asking to do it, so we're <laughs> holding up for the first uh, children's only tough guy in October." Wow! Wow! So, That's so insane. I, I don't know. I don't know if some of the relevant staff would be interested, but uh, <laughs> I would like to see pictures. All right, next. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but uh, the U.S. funds for abstinence are drying up. I know you guys can tell uh, there has been much marketing going on for abstinence recently. And uh, faith groups oh, right. are stepping up and, uh, and are believing that abstinence, uh, the message of abstinence needs to get out there to the world. And so some faith groups are trying to do what they can. Uh, not rely on the government, uh, which uh, is a good thing. Um, but uh, one church specifically is putting on a purity ball uh, <laughs> that is featuring a vow to abstain from sex until marriage. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But what I appreciated about the purity ball, uh, which is a dance uh, where there's no close embraces or risque moves to so, test chaperones on the de- dance so floor. So it's not a dance. Well, it's it's a dance, but I guess there's no touching. I don't know how this works. <laughs> but but during the purity ball, they're going to offer tips on, and this is a quote, appropriate touching between the sexes. Hmm. That's a ball worth going to. <laughs> Even, I mean, just to know what's appropriate and then, you know, what again, what's not appropriate. One 16-year-old says, it's tough, but when you have sex at an early age, it can become addictive. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, sex, apparently, if, if you uh, have it, can be uh, <laughs> habit-forming. <laughs> so, uh, but again, if, if you go to a purity ball and they offer tips about appropriate touching, uh, then you know how to, uh, to not touch the opposite sex or the same sex depending do they like have a doll and they point to <laughs> I just anytime adults are involved in explaining sexual oh. activity to children it's entertaining as a father of a seven year old who has had the opportunity to have some of these conversations it's it's just it's really uncomfortable and yeah. you try to be real about it try to be honest <clears throat> But it's it's just awkward. So yeah, tips on appropriate and inappropriate touching. That's compelling entertainment. I, I, I tweeted while while you guys were talking. I tweeted that we're recording the podcast right now, mm-hmm. and said if you guys want me to say anything on the podcast, hit me back. So if over the course of the podcast I just say random things, as people from Twitter ask me to, okay. just like an- animal to. animal names or something. Well, somebody just tweeted back right away, and they said, "Say Adam will be on soon." <laughs> so Adam will be on soon. <laughs> I don't know. Just keep, li- just, just keep listening. I like, I like that progressively the lies will get deeper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Estes uh, from Integrity Music, he's their digital marketing director, asked yep. me to say something like, quote, Integrity Music is the best independent Christian record label in the world. <laughs> uh, my slice is something, well, it was mostly just I kind of wanted to see what everyone thought about this. Um, 
The other day in Haiti, um, some missionaries, well, I don't know if they were, they weren't like life missionaries, but there were some people there from the States, like two, like working in Haiti, got caught trying to smuggle like 20 Haitian orphans across the border Mm. and uh, into the Dominican Republic. And like, you know, Haiti is saying that they're not they're not uh aid workers they're kidnappers and they're being tried and it's kind of like shown a light on all these fears like um from the un and other people who are saying that like the earthquake one of the biggest victims could be children because of child trafficking and stuff right um so i was just curious to you know see what you guys thought about like i'm (laughs) (laughs) anti-trafficking well you're asking i no, not not about trafficking specifically because i mean you know they're saying like we're christians we felt like we were compelled to go there and like help all these kids get out but Um, if they don't go in the right channels it is kidnapping yeah but but at the same time like i read about this particular group you know these a lot of these kids it it was there was a collapsed orphanage that Mm -hmm. this church knew had been destroyed and they weren't like smuggling them to the united states they were taking them to the the, um the dominican republic Republic. to uh, stay in a hotel you know until things could get sorted out so i mean i I definitely think it's 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 important to go through the appropriate channels but you know when you know, most of these children probably don't have, you know, paperwork, uh, paperwork readily available and a lot of things were destroyed. You can definitely sympathize with their situations, even though, you know, we probably don't know the details. But from everything I read, it, it didn't sound like they had any sort of uh, malicious or even right. overly negligent uh, you know, intentions. But I feel like this sounds like a job for Chris Hansen. <laughs> from Dateline NBC, but specifically, it has to be the guy who plays him on SNL. Yes, yeah, yeah. You you walk into a Dominican Republic hotel room. You know, there's, yeah. there's 20 children in there, and all of a sudden, Chris Hansen appears. You know, <laughs> I just I, I feel I feel a good episode coming. Right. Well, the interesting wrinkle that I hadn't thought of was that they're saying that now that um, Haitians actually want their kids to like be taken out of the country, so mm-hmm. they'll um, like there are lots of orphans who aren't actually orphans. And okay. so, um, like, what they're or they're just like separated from their parents, and they don't know where their parents are because they're lost in rubble and stuff. What they're saying is, is like they need to give it some time, um, like, in order for all the kids who actually have parents still on the ground to be right. like found and stuff. So, um, I guess the moral of the story is, if you're heading to Haiti, maybe don't take try to take kids across the border. <laughs> they're not souvenirs. Yeah, not souvenirs. <laughs> Um, maybe snap a picture, try to rebuild their orphanage in Haiti. Right. Yeah. Take care of them yeah. there. Yeah. For now. So anyway, lesson, lesson learned. Take a picture, mm-hmm. not a child. That's a, that's a good slogan. Yeah. Let's a make, t-shirt. make a t-shirt. I, I seriously miss this. I just missed the last 10 minutes of the podcast because there is a stream <laughs> of random words being tweeted to me right now. <laughs> that's because you just hit puberty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like. It has it has degenerated from people trying to work in plugs and promotions of mm. their albums and their organizations to now it's just random words to make me sound like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> what what are what are what are some? Uh, uh, nanny, uh, mm. a guy. That's his, the full tweet. Just, yeah, that's a that's just, a good one. Well, how can I how can I work nanny into the podcast? I don't know. You could just be like, hey, everyone, this is turning into a real nanny. That's true. Mm. Uh, let's see. There's um, Buggle Fluts. <laughs> That sounds filthy. It's, yeah. it's a word used in slight aggravation. Yeah, use that with your mother. Try it. <laughs> See That's what, what gets your mouth washed out. Yeah. I said poop when I was three and I got my mouth washed out with soap. Really? I told, really? I told yeah. my mom I hated her once. <laughs> <laughs> she chased from poop to hatred. <laughs> she, she chased me down and as she was, she trapped me in the laundry room. She said, and I'll I, give you something to hate. And as she trapped me in the laundry room, I had a two year old brother at the time and she found one of his plastic swords from the armor of oh. Christ. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's right. and, um, and she grabbed it as she was coming down oh and she God. started beating me with it. And I mean, it's like two foot plastic sword screaming, um, tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. And she's beating me with a plastic sword. Is this sword. a real story? It's absolutely real. And it shattered. She was wow. really so hard. I feel like this and is just, from an Augustine Burroughs novel. I'm crumpled oh. on the floor, just sobbing. I love you. I love you. I love you. Is this the time that you took one smooth stone and you put it in your slingshot <laughs> and you flung it at her? Yeah, it's when I became a man. Yeah. You were probably about 13. I was, so. tw- I was 12 and a half. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was so mad at her. I stormed 
zoomed past her in the kitchen and yelled, I hate you. And I was heading toward the garage and now I was trying to beeline it out of there. <laughs> and she trapped me in the laundry room and beat wow. me down. It was not good. That comes up every so often that she broke a sword on you. Yeah, she shattered a sword beating. Wow. <laughs> uh, masterpiece. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to Ma- make these masterpieces. Masterpiece. <laughs> Somebody else said frisson. What does frisson mean? F R I S S O N. I don't that's, even know how to use it. It's that. the F word. I wouldn't use it. It's the F word in French. Yeah, I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't either. That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's really distracting. This feed is just like, you know, anyway, sorry. All right, well, that'll do it for slices. Coming up next, we have our person of the week and then Davis Guggenheim. During this Valentine season, what better way to say I love you than a Relevant Magazine subscription? That's right, it's the gift that really says something. And right now, Relevant is giving away half of every subscription dollar to World Vision's relief efforts in Haiti. There really isn't a better time to subscribe. So go over to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. You're listening to Arcade Fire. The song is Rebellion, one of my favorites of all time. Um, it's actually playing right now. Tell me where, where, where can I listen to it, Cameron? Is this when we? De- is it? Stop, stop teasing, I mean, Chad. This is when I have to give the stop, announcement. Stop teasing. I, I don't know. Have they earned it yet? <laughs> I don't think they have. They haven't. Visceral. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at working the words in. I'm just like, you anyway. just like <laughs> yell at every time. Propolis. I don't even know what that means. Um, yeah. Okay. So here it is. Here's the big announcement. This week, right now, we have launched Relevant.fm. What is that? You're mean. <laughs> um, it is our brand new online uh, music station. It is streaming 24/7 at Relevant.fm. It is an eclectic mix of fresh substantive music uh, live performances and exclusive interviews and it's streaming every day at relevant.fm it'll be the first radio station you'll ever stream without having to hear i got a feeling (laughs) (laughs) we're working that in now just for you that that song makes me irrationally angry Like I, I become furious whenever they. Ugh, they play at the beginning of like every magic yeah. game now. Oh, Chad, um, Chad, our very own uh, producer of the podcast, Chad Michael Snavely, is the uh, DJ. It's, DJ Chad. Yeah, and every week we're adding great new music. The interesting thing about Relevant FM, we've wor- been working on it a really long time, and you know, it would be one thing to just pick cool music. And we, we did that. That was kind of first pass. We picked a very cool selection of the type of stuff you'd see in the magazine. And there's a lot of people that do that, where they'll just pick good music. Yeah, but. it's just good music. And, and and I think it was something like hundreds and hundreds of songs. I mean, 500 plus. And then Chad and, and, and the crew and I sat down and really started to dig into why. Why Relevant FM? How is this going to be different? What's the purpose of it? And we really wanted to the content of the station to be what made it stand out. So it's great music. It's cool music. It's stuff we'd cover in the magazine. But we dug a little deeper, and we're only playing stuff that has spiritually redemptive or socially redemptive content. And so we went through and listened to all this great music and literally read lyrics on every song and picked the stuff that you know points you to Christ or talked about the human condition or just said something significant. And it was really cool. If you listen to this lineup of music, I have it's it's different than a Pandora list. It's different than just a college radio station you get on iTunes. It is the most interesting uh, collection of music I've heard in a radio format because the content is the continuity and and it's eclectic. I mean, you got everything from progressive hip hop to acoustic to the dead weather. I mean, you've got the whole range musically, but there's something in every song that stands out. Yeah, it's great. It's really cool. So it's streaming right now over at, at relevant.fm. You can, um, if you go to our magazine website, you can actually, there's a, a launch player on every page and um, it'll actually tell you what song is currently playing. You just click it and pop it up. It's something to listen to all day long. It's a lot of fun. I've been listening to it for the last week. It's great. So anyway, uh, Arcade Fire Rebellion was one of the spotlight songs this week over at Relevant.fm. And at the beginning of the podcast, you heard MGMT Kids, their new single. And it is also playing this week on Relevant. 
yep. with him. I made a playlist for my wife when she was giving birth in our home. That was the song that the baby came out to. Are you serious? <laughs> Kids. Dead serious. I, I'm sorry, man, but that's a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I know it's crazy. And you named it MGMT. Crazy. I know. I had no idea that that was going to happen. It was whatever. It was like musical baby. Was your wife screaming at the child? Take only what you need. Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't know the lyrics. All right. So it's time for the uh, Josh Loveless segment that we do sometimes when he's on. (laughs) This, uh, This segment is all about the most fascinating person of the week. And for me... It's little seven-year-old Charlie Simpson from London. This young British schoolboy raised $160,000 last week for Haiti's relief effort by riding his bicycle around the park. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, he was so upset by what he saw uh, in the news related to uh, the earthquake in Haiti that he asked his mother how he could help, and he created a bicycle-sponsored event around a park in London uh, to raise money uh, for uh, for UNICEF. And so he was trying to raise about $800, uh, but uh, the local newspaper picked it up, and it's been all over the internet, and people all around the world have heard about it. And so through a website that was set up uh, for his little five-mile bike ride around his park, uh, $160,000 came wow. in that the wow. seven-year-old boy yeah. raised. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So World Wide Web. Was it a 159900 from his parents? No. <laughs> no, but I imagine like if I was the dad of that kid... It would be really difficult for me to like not go out to dinner or I don't know, just buy rims for his bicycle or do something <laughs> hip and cool with all that money. Yeah. That just shows how selfish I am. <laughs> and why you named your son MGMT. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Things that are really meaningful. Actually, my son Gavin, I actually named after Gavin Rosdale. Gavin DeGraw. Really? Wait, did you from Gavin DeGraw? Not, yeah, not that one. The other one. The, other, cool one. the other uncool one. Well, he's cool because of who he's married to. Did you really? No, he was way that? cool. Uh, yeah, because in the '90s, I was I was smitten with Bush with glycerin. Yeah, oh, give me some glycerin in the rain. <laughs> that MTV. Chad, throw some glycerin right now. I need that. Oh, I need, I, and let's picture him playing it in the rain. MTV Spring Break, real quick. Because because you made you you made fun of me that I, I potentially look like uh, Scott Stapp. I, 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 picturing you as Gavin Rosdale in the rain at MTV Spring Break, like 1997, uh, is a sweet feeling. That's a compliment. <laughs> I do not take that as an insult whatsoever. I could just see Josh like hovering over his newborn child, like sort of holding him up, and, like kind of a kind of a Lion King moment. He's just like, "Don't let the days go by." It's, it's in the rain. Yeah, exactly. You have, yeah. you have to say "days" with your teeth clenched. Oh, sorry. Days. All right. Well, that'll do it for the most fascinating people of the week. Up next, Davis Guggenheim. It's not too You're listening to Disappointed by Candy. The song is Not Lived Out. I like that band name, Disappointed by Candy. Um, I'm never disappointed by Candy. I, know. How could I love you? Candy. I, I, I let, um, I let uh, Cohen lick a twizzle the other mm. day. <laughs> <laughs> Was that something from Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It should have been. What's a twizzle? Uh, a Twi- single, isn't that the, the uh, singular Twizzler. for Twizzlers? No. No, I, I think Twizzler is the singular. <laughs> I think it's Twizzle. He <laughs> Twizzle. His little baby tongue that has only had milk has never experienced such a joy. He went crazy. He was licking the air for like 20 minutes after that. 
Although I did dip his pacifier in the meat sauce from Payway, and he liked uh, that a lot too. Wow. Yeah, I, I was there, and he, he and he was uh, he had a long day. He had been in a really rowdy basketball game, yeah. so he was understandably a little irritable at that point. But as soon as he tasted that, uh, you know, General Chow chicken sauce, I mean, he became a different. person. It was the beef and broccoli sauce. That's General Chow chicken too spicy. Yeah. Well, now I know what I'm getting for dinner. It, it will sedate a crying baby. Look at that! It's delicious that magic. And yeah. I got very mad. <laughs> Maya has not gotten okay with me letting him taste things. You put Twizzlers in his mouth. Twizzle. Twizzle in Twizzle. his mouth. I let him lick a um, a couple times a popcorn kernel too. Very salty. Yeah. He liked that. He kept trying to lick that. <laughs> He's three I, months. Stop yeah, it. I was gonna say you you could be training him at this point to, to like love bananas or or you oh, know tomatoes or something thing healthy, had. but you go straight for popcorn, Twizzler, <laughs> and beef and broccoli. Dad of the year, right here. At the, at the airport, I got some trail mix and it had a uh, a dried banana chip in it, and I let oh, him yeah. I, I let him lick the dried banana and chip. And please tell me he just spit it. Yeah, he just hated it. He wanted like, Twizzle. I like that this is the same thing I do with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a baby is. <laughs> yeah, little MGMT over there. Is just <laughs> little little Gavin Rossdale. Oh. Um, disappointed by Candy. Not lived out. Playing right now on Relevant FM. Tune in. It's by the way, you can get to it a number of ways. Relevant.fm. That's a direct URL. Relevantfm.com for the people who forget. And you can just go to relevantmagazine.com and click on it. But if you go to relevant.fm, there's actually like a whole section that tells you what was recently played and what spotlighted that week and all that stuff. If you just do it on the front page of the magazine site, it doesn't tell you all that. Okay, it's time for our interview with Davis Guggenheim. Uh, I just sat down and had a conversation with uh, Mr. Guggenheim. He obviously finished the documentary, It Might Get Loud, featuring Jack White, The Edge, and Jimmy Page. Uh, you'll want to check out uh, his response to me asking him if he could choose one guitar player to play with uh, if he was starting a band uh, this next week, uh, who he'd choose between Jack White, The Edge, and uh, Jimmy Page. We had a great conversation. Uh, recently, he also finished the documentary film Waiting for Superman about public education uh, that's being featured at uh, the Sundance Film Festival. So, great conversation. Here it is. <laughs> Davis, in this documentary, It Might Get Loud, uh, you bring together Jimmy Page, Jack White, and The Edge for a two-day guitar experience. Uh, but this is unlike any other rock documentary in the past because it seems to pay homage to each of their stories and their past, but celebrates them in the present. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved uh, with this documentary. Well, I wish I had you to describe the, the, the premise of the movie because it is, it's kind of like a bunch of different things going on. It is this sort of summit between these three guys, and uh, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool to bring three different guys from three different generations with three different points of view about music together, and then also sort of then go off on these wonderfully personal sort of um, sort of internalized uh, bios of them, and that was basically came from the idea that came from a meeting I had with Thomas Paul. He is a um, he's a producer and, and funds a lot of movies at Warner Brothers, including 300 and um, uh, Batman and, um, and now uh, Hangover. And he said, I want to make a film with the electric guitar. And I was like, great. And then my, my first feeling was, well, wouldn't that be terrible if you did it about 100 guys? And right. if you did it about 100 guys, you'd only have like 10 seconds on Jimi Hendrix. And yeah. So I said, what if, you, what if you made it about three incredibly interesting but very different people? And went deep instead of going, you know, sh you know, shallow and wide. We would go narrow and deep, and so that, and that was the that was a big premise of the movie. And and what's interesting is that you know Jack White, who's you know the the the, the, the movie has Jimmy Page, The Edge, and Jack White. Jack White was like you know after he saw the movie, he goes, you know, the guitar is the MacGuffin, hmm. which was Hitchcock's term for the sort of the thing you think the movie's about, but it's not really about. Yeah. Like Cary Grant's looking for the uranium or something like that. And, yeah. What it really is is a love triangle, you know, mm -hmm. and um, uh, that's you know, in essence, the guitar is everything. Link the guitar links everybody together, but as you go into it, it's it's about, you know, it's about all these other more sort of nuanced, deep things 
that, that you know that, that, that come out of these three fascinating artists. After spending the last couple of years uh, directing this and and in post production and promoting it and talking about it and spending some time with these guys, who would you want in your band as as a guitar player uh, if you could choose from? E- and, and granted, all three represent a different flavor of music uh, in some ways. But but who who are you drawn to? Uh, not just as a director, but as a fan of this music. That is the first time I've been asked that question. That's a that's a fantastic question. Um. I would want Beyonce in my band because I saw a picture of her this morning in the newspaper and I think she's hot. Um, I would want uh, Jimmy Page, okay. Jack White, and the Edge in my band because I just made a movie with them and they are amazing. And we need a, a hot lead singer and that would be Beyonce. Um, I don't know if they would like her, but um, would I you, do. Would you have and Al Gore sing backup? Al Gore, you know, has has some musical uh, has some musical. Um, instincts, but his wife Tipper's a great drummer. <laughs> She's a great. I've seen her. I've seen her play with Willie Nelson. Nice. Um, who else would I have in the band? Um, Could you choose between Jack White, Jimmy Page, and The Edge? I mean, if you had to choose one, could you choose one? God, that's a no. I couldn't. I mean, to me, the making a and it's different for everybody else. You know, the, the, to me making movies sort of an act of falling in love you know and I fell in love with each of them and and uh, you're a musical polygamist I'm a, well yeah and, and I and I and I really like what was so amazing about this movie I'm not, if this is not about dodging the question at all um, is is I I got to know all three of them really well and they're all amazing in really different ways yeah so if you were to say you know what you know what would you do with Edge? What would you do with Jack? What would you do with Jimmy? It would be different things, you know. Mm, mm. Um, but they're all, you know, Jimmy is just totally improvisational, right. totally in the moment. Anything can happen. Um, and you're riding this great big wave of sort of like spontaneity, you know. Mm, mm. Jack is this guy who's always writing and he's always creating and he's always doing something completely different and unique and reinventing things. And the Edge is like this this quiet craftsman who's like really living this sort of deep and thoughtful zen-like life and finding his songs through that experience so and so you know i, I couldn't choose right you know what you're saying is you know could i be in the band with any of them i would i would take any of them <laughs> i'm just a, i don't i don't make music i'm a documentarian so i would right, right. if i could take one i'd be happy and not pick any you know I know you spent a couple of days with each of the guys to uh, to interview them and to capture uh, capture their stories and uh, and uh, I'm just curious how even as someone as a filmmaker how do you sit with someone let's just say like like Jimmy Page for two days asking him questions and and digging through uh, you know the closets of his own story how do you gently bring their own stories to the light and to the surface without scaring them away. It's funny. My, my father made documentary films, and I sort of I worked. I started working for him at a very young age, and at a certain point, I think I was like seventeen or eighteen. I got to do my first interview, hmm. and I was very excited. And he said, "You know, you should go do this. I can. I wish you." And and I and and so I was very excited. And I stayed up all night, and I made a list of all the questions I would ask. Hmm. And the next morning, I proudly presented my list in front of him. Here are my questions. What do you think? And he looked at them very carefully, read them all through, and he goes, I only have one piece of advice from you, for you. And it's the only piece of advice he ever gave me. And I said, what's the piece of advice? He goes, don't have any questions. Wow. And, of course, if you're doing an interview, you, you have to ask questions. But what he's saying is that laying out a grand design for all the things you want to ask almost kills the idea of what a great interview is a great interview you know comes from a sort of a conversation and and you know you could go in and think i want to talk to jimmy page about the fourth album and you find out you're talking about skiffle players 
you know, in you know, uh, in, in, in west side of London, yeah. and that conversation can lead to this, can lead to that, and and somehow on its own ends up in the most profound place you you never imagined. And if you keep asking questions that are on your list, you are certain never to get there because each question sort of yanks you out of that 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 spontaneity yanks you out of that path. Um, and so that's what the that's that's what, what the unique thing about this movie was is that I uh, by design I sat in the room with Jimmy for two days without a crew, just me and him, and we had and we just recording sound, and, and I had no questions. Hmm. I'd read a lot about him just so I was informed, but I didn't have a pad of paper with me. It was more about what is what's what's and and when and, and the whole process was what what is what how do i go deeper and deeper inside of jimmy's head at that moment in those two days mm. and you know if i had interviewed him two years earlier or ten years earlier the conversation would have been a completely different and that would have been fine but what was important is that it got to these profound places that it could only have gotten if we were just two guys wandering and having a conversation it almost seems like a backwards philosophy to filmmaking whereas most directors feel like they must lead and in some ways i feel like what you're describing is that you felt like you had to follow is that is that yeah. accurate yeah i mean i think too many directors get in their own way and certainly with documentaries ones that are pretty boring tend to be ones that are written ahead of time hmm. or ones that be ones that are written ahead of time tend to be boring. Sometimes they have to be written ahead of time because they don't have a lot of money or budget or time. And so they say, well, I'm going to make a film about, you know, Lincoln. So I've got to spend this much time on the civil war and this much time on his assassination and this much time on his time as a lawyer. And if you, if you do that, you're going to, you're going to make the film that, that pretty much follows the what's on Wikipedia. Right. And you know, that, that, that's sort of an expression I have right now. It's like, you know, the Wikipedia, I'm not interested in the Wikipedia version of Jimmy Page. That's pretty much what everyone, how everyone understands him. I'm interested in in, in, in going, getting inside his head, whatever that is, you know. And, and that was the same for Jack and Edge, and and that's why you have three really different stories in this movie. One of the other things that stood out to me about all three of these guys is that they came off, to me, more like students of music rather than just the professors of music. Uh, any themes that seem to represent the common denominator of greatness between them for you? Well, one of the things that was a surprise to me, I mean, because we were worried when we brought them all together, we called it the summit because it was really hard in their very busy schedules. Like Edge was touring, Jimmy was in London and, and in the recording studio, Jack was touring and, and in the recording studio. And so, and we had, and I intentionally did not want them to, to, to be together until they were on the stage and we didn't know what they would do or yeah. whether they would get along. You know, Jack is in the car driving over to the studio and I'm in the car with him and I said, what do you think is going to happen? He says, probably a fist fight. Yeah. You know, so you didn't know what was going to happen. The, the, the great surprise was that as musicians, they know how to listen. Hmm. Like, you can't be in a band unless you know how to listen and to react and to be open to the person sitting across from you who's playing a different rhythm and a different music, you know, instrument. And you know, that, uh, that was interesting because they, they are so different. Like, you two came up as a band that was directly opposed to Led Zeppelin, wanted nothing to do with that kind of music. So you wondered whether Jimmy and Edge had anything to say to each other. Hmm. But they were open to each other because they're musicians, you know, and, you know, they have different performers coming in all the time and you've got to react and listen and be adaptive. Hmm. But it ended up being really quite lovely to see how they were, you know, how they, and they all sort of grew in the presence of each other because, you know, they could just sort of take in what the other was offering. Well, the streets have no name Would, would this experience be any different uh, if you took three completely different filmmakers and put them in the room and, and, and had them talk about their craft and share their secrets? I mean, obviously some of that's personality driven, but, but how unique of an experience was this because of personality versus the genre of, of art you know, that we know called music? Well, it's interesting because I, I, I've 
I've really played with that idea. It's like, what if you did the same thing with directors? Or what if you did the same thing with sculptors? Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be interesting? It would be different because you'd have three different people, but the, the search and the process would be the same. And the, and the process and the search is what the movie's about, you know? Right. But that searching, you know, you're on this path and you find out these things and you learn all these things. And So, like, if, uh, if a pile of money plopped on my desk today, I would start one on, you know, a group of directors, maybe, or someone, or, someone, or another group of artists. It wouldn't really matter yeah. to me. I mean, that's what that's what's so wonderful about that process. I think when people think of Hollywood, I think they they typically think of people that you know maybe want to tell you know some some story that that is important to them but really is about some uh you know financial motivation or artistic motivation that doesn't feel deep in some way uh it feels like playing a game uh in some way but documentaries and specifically the ones you've chosen to get involved with why why do you feel like you have to make movies that matter that mean something that that stir people to to actually think about something from a different perspective well i don't have to um, the last movie was at Market Loud, and that was not that kind of movie. And, you know, I don't want to keep making the same movie. But when I see an issue that you can tell a good story about, that's the best. The experience, you know, the experience of Making Me Truth was the most incredible experience I've ever had. And because people love the movie, and it, it actually changed how congressmen voted, and it changed how people behaved, and it woke people up, and, it, and people really removed by it and that's not you know you can't ask for anything better than that and, and i'm hoping that's going to happen with this public education documentary but it's not like i have to do it or i have a special motive for it it's, just, it's what's so exciting about it's what what, what keeps me up every night uh, you know what if i can what if i can make a movie that'll that'll that'll, that'll actually fix this thing or help fix this thing Davis Guggenheim is an Oscar-winning producer and director behind a myriad of television and film projects, including The Shield, Alias, 24, ER, Deadwood, Melrose Place, and a lot more. He's probably best known for the 2006 documentary An Inconvenient Truth with Al Gore. The documentary which he just spoke to us about, It Might Get Loud, featuring Jack White, The Edge, and Jimmy Page, is out on DVD right now. His latest documentary, Waiting for Superman, is about public education and was featured at this year's Sundance Film Festival. Interestingly, he's married to actress Elizabeth Shue. You can find out more about Davis Guggenheim at davisguggenheim.com. You're listening to The Boxer Rebellion. The song is semi-automatic, is playing right now on Relevant.fm. All right, so it's time for our game. Uh, Chad and Jesse have prepared a little competition for us. Yes, we have. For us in the room? Mm -hmm. Oh, sweet. Take it away. The game is called Attribution. (laughs) <laughs> it would be great if we get like a sword sound here. So I'm just gonna, hey, don't, <laughs> don't bring up swords it's around gonna Cameron. It's going to be the same sound as, as Cameron's mom beating him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me you yeah. love me. Tell me you love me. Yeah. I was going to say, is there any way we can get some scorpions in on this too, Chad? Oh, I'll put the scorpions on any time. So when I say attribution, you know, we see, just hear some really cool a, stuff. A plastic yeah. toy sword shattering would be the yeah. sound. With, with Rocky like a hurricane playing in the background. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah, you know, what, whatever you guys want to do in post, but it's a pretty dramatic game. It's, <laughs> it also has an alternative title called Say What? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let the listeners pick because it's either <laughs> Attribution or Say What? So whatever they want to go with. Um, we'll probably never do this game again. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I need two volunteers that, uh, that, that want to compete and a scorekeeper. 
Probably the score I can only keeper. I can only read and do the answers. If I if I am trusted to do the score yeah. too, I'll probably get. I'll you. be the I'll be the scorekeeper. I I nominate men versus women. So one of the guys versus Maya. Fine. I was going to say I feel like I have a slight advantage because I don't have a baby. I'm just and your job is to scour right. news sites <laughs> yeah. for yeah. slices. So, so should, should, should we should we give this to Josh? Is he not as because uh, he has he's got to take I've care of three, Gavin all I've day. Got, I, I got three babies. Yeah, that's true. He's so I can't, G- I can't MGMT, play MGMT Gavin and who's your second? Like, <laughs> Jewel, Jewel, <laughs> Jewel, Kingston, <laughs> MGMT Gavin and Jewel. Those are his three kids. Yeah. Jewel. Yeah. All right. The baby's got crooked teeth, though. <laughs> but his hands are very small. Yeah, he was, he was born in a van. <laughs> in Alaska, yeah. Like, that's, with, with Bush playing. And that's, and that's the baby that came out when Josh held him up in the Lion King pose. It was like, these hands are small, I know. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we we right. have you have so, deferred. So it's Josh versus Maya. It okay. is Josh versus Maya. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Maya, I will uh, let the first question go to you. All, All right. right. The quote is: "To me, it's a mirror to everyone's spiritual growth. It forces each character to face their demons, whatever they are, and come out on the other side, or die." <laughs> okay, that's a quote. Who said this? Josh Holloway who's the star of Lost, right. Kiefer Sutherland, the star of 24, or Joe Perry on looking for Stephen, Reti- Stephen Tyler's replacement in Aerosmith. <laughs> I'm going to go with B. It's kind of crazy. I'm sorry. The correct answer is Josh Holloway. Oh, right, so, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That, that was a tough one. All right, <laughs> Josh, the next question is for you. There are only 50 iPads in the U.S., and Steve Jobs just gave me this one personally. Was that Stephen Colbert, Pee Wee Herman, or a disillusioned Gary Busey playing with what appeared to be an etch a sketch? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> oh, snap. Uh, I'm going to go with A, Stephen Colbert, and the awkward moment that was Stephen Colbert on stage. I'm sorry, that was a trick question. Ooh. It was actually Pee Wee Herman said that. Stephen Colbert no. never said it, even though he did have the iPad oh. on stage. And Apple actually went out of their way to say this wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, uh, Stephen Colbert, I mean, Pee Wee Herman did claim that. So, good to know. Uh, mm. Zero, zero so far. Sweet. All right. Still winning. <laughs> the next question, Maya. Uh, I know some people won't agree with it. But I think they can at least respect that I stand up for what I believe. Is that Tim Tebow, Sarah Palin, or the lady doing the Taco Bell diet? (laughs) I'm going to go with my man, Tim Tebow. You are correct. Tim Tebow talking about the advertisement that's going to be on the Super Bowl. Um, where it is a he, he and his mother talk about uh, their their pro life decision. So, all right, in your face, Josh, I'm winning. All right, so so is that one zero right now? Is it that is. the score? Yeah. Yep. All right, all right, Josh. Here's another uh, football related question. I'm not I'm not as good at this when I uh, don't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, another Super Bowl related question. This is the last football one. I am personally printing Houdat shirts. Making them wi- making them widely commercially available. So if they're going to start suing people, they need to put me on the list. Who said that? Was it United States Senator David Vitter, New Orleans running back Reggie Bush, or an insane Bourbon Street street vendor who would only be referred to as Doctor Jambalaya? <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. Uh, where was that senator from? Uh, I don't know. He rep- he's in the United States Senate. Senate. That's he, all it, I know. That's the United States Senate, not yeah. another country Senate. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to go with B. Reggie Bush. I'm sorry. It is Ooh. Senator David Vitter. <gasps> oh, yeah. wow. That was in a, a letter to Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner, who was trying to copyright who dat. And the the NFL ended up not wanting the bad press, so they they cut it. So, all right. So so this is the last round of our of our contest, uh, barring uh, a tie, which I don't think is possible. It's one uh-huh. zero right now. It's two zero, right? No, one, no, zero. one, zero. one zero. Oh, one zero. So so a tie still. Is <laughs> this possible. is why we have a scorekeeper. <laughs> yes, Jesse. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I told you I would get confused. The numbers get too high. <laughs> All okay, right, this I'm one, ready. this this quote actually comes with a little context. Okay, the the quote is, "I don't know how to sing, 
he said when he was told he would be doing Bob Dylan solo uh, from the original We Are the World. Is it Will Ferrell, Lil Wayne, or Bob Dylan on rephrasing his part from the original song? <laughs> I'm going to go with Bob Dylan. Oh, I'm sorry. It's oh, actually Lil Wayne. That, Ooh. I See, I would think Lil Wayne would, would consider himself a singer. <laughs> with autotune. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I it yeah was appara- apparently, Quincy Jones doesn't use auto tune. All right. So, this is the chance uh, for the tie. And good thing I do have uh, a couple tiebreakers just in case. <laughs> good, good. All right. <laughs> All right. Is this, um, this is the quote I don't like birds very much. They poop on my car. I don't want to be a bird. Is that Chris Birdman Anderson, the uh, player for the Denver Nuggets? Ivan Lysik, who's the world figure skater, referring to his new piece called Firebird, or the guy who portrays Big Bird. Oh, wow. I like all of those options. Um, Good grief. Um, I'm going to go with B. You are correct. It is the figure skater. So we have a tie. We're going to the bonus round. See, you can ask me about anything else other than figure skating, and I'll get it wrong. But when you start asking about figure skating, that's my sport. Yeah. All right. So so this is the tie break round because it's one-to-one. Uh, each each of you guys will get one more question. If you both get these, then I'm assu- I guess we just have a tie. All right. Okay. Guns and violence are a serious problem. Not joking matters. Was that Rip Torn... Gilbert Arenas, or the guy who portrays Big Bird? Gilbert Arenas. Yes. Duh. Although, so I can smart. see how Rip Torn, he did get arrested for <laughs> breaking into a bank trunk with a gun. Um, all right, so uh, the final question for Josh, you can go for the tie or the loss on this one. Can I go for two? <laughs> yeah. I want to go for two. <laughs> I don't know Sarah Palin. I've never spoken with her. She's never reached out, or vice versa. Is that Joe Biden... Senator-elect Scott Brown or Tim Tebow? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Scott Brown. You are correct, yeah. and we have a tie. This wow. was anticlimactic. <laughs> I think I should win because I got the answers correct before him. <laughs> I, I think so, too. That's, I, didn't, I forgot to mention and that in the rules. He's still a cheater. So it's basically like the NFL overtime policy. Yeah, right, right, right. It's a tie. I got my answer right first. Yeah, whoever, yeah. All right, all right. Well, that'll do it for... Attribution. Or say what? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the one and only <laughs> time. Um, all right. Up next, feedback. You're listening to Josh Garrels. The song is All Creatures, uh, playing right now on Relevant FM. I am a big fan of Josh Garrels. He's good. If you, He has a new EP that just came out, EP or full album. One of the two. Yeah. He has songs on a disc, on a disc of sorts. <clears throat> His last one, the one with like the hit stitched name, Josh mm-hmm. Garrels, um, absolutely fantastic. One of, I mean, a fantastic album. He's uh, We found him at Cornerstone. Yeah. Uh, he's an independent artist. That's was he? <laughs> <laughs> he, was just, he was just wandering around with, some, yeah. with a handle of Jack Daniels. For, I mean, he'd, be, he'd literally been missing for <laughs> We were smuggling him over the border to, uh, oh, to another Christian music festival <laughs> in the next state. We got stopped. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, of, all the, of all the artists on Relevant FM, he's one of the people I'm most excited about. His new music actually... Sounds like his last album kind of is, went on a date with Matt Carney hmm. and and got influenced. <laughs> was it a double date? How did it go? <laughs> yeah, what was it? Was it a truly like a double date or was it like a third wheel? So. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this: Was Ryan trying to tackle? <laughs> it's, it's did, he sneak, did he sneak into a, a Julie Roberts movie? With him? <laughs> yeah, but they had no idea he was there. Yeah. It failed. I just oh. I kept leaning up and going, "That was really funny." And they're like, "Who are you?" <laughs> you can hear that on the album. 
quite, you can <laughs> hear me really periodically going, Richard Gere's really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot how good this movie was. <laughs> oh, dear. And the new Josh Carroll's album is actually called Runaway Bride. So check that out. <laughs> check that out at iTunes. Um, all right, it's time for your feedback. Last week when I was listening to the podcast, and you guys referenced halfway through the podcast after some song, like, isn't that appropriate song if you're holed up in a hotel room in uh-huh. Icy Tulsa? I actually was listening to it, holed up in a <laughs> hotel room in Icy Tulsa. Um, well, I'm listening to it, and it cut off. The, the file that Chad sent me cut off uh-huh. right before feedback. So I have absolutely no idea what you guys did with this. So you, you tell me what feedback was, and you do the segment. Well, we specifically asked people the question uh, who they thought uh, was going to win in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Saints. We don't, we don't have a sportsy uh, the, kind of listenership. No, not no. at all. That's why I added in this question, most people think of relevant, you know, that it's related to God, life, progressive culture. We were adding sports last week while you were gone. Again, not only was I adding a title <laughs> and my own job description to what I do here that you were unaware of, but I was also adding sports as the fourth wheel of uh, the vision of relevance. He so, edited the mission statement. Well, yeah. The tagline yeah. of the magazine, we might, God, life, progressive culture, sports. Yeah. Except yeah. it's written in like a scrawl. <laughs> and by the way, relevance also now manufacturing tires. <laughs> Just, they, they, you know, they've expanded a little. Uh, yeah, business is booming. We acquired Sports Spectrum magazine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be great. So anyway, we were uh, we were asking that question, uh, and we want to know why. Uh, and then we also asked Ryan. Do you remember? No. Okay. We uh, <laughs> we also asked for those that hated sports. Uh, what commercial that they were most excited about watching, which kind of insinuates that we expect that people have heard some of the buzz related to commercials uh, that we're going to play during the Super Bowl. Do you well, and I, yeah, and I think the wrinkle was too that we were looking for like weird reasons that people thought teams were going to win the Super Bowl. Because like I brought up that example, the sports writer who said that he thought Kurt Warner was going to win the Super Bowl last year because he had God on his side and he'd promised his kids a puppy. If he won, but then he went back on the promise. And so that's why he didn't win. Mm. One of the things I can't figure out is the the city of New Orleans has decided to throw a parade, whether they win or lose. That reminds me of when I was in Chicago and they threw the Cubs a parade just for making the playoffs. (laughs) It reminds it getting swept. It reminds (laughs) me of when my seven year old son played baseball in a YMCA league where everybody wins. Everybody got trophy. You you know what your seven year old needs to do? The tough guy race. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> while listening to bush yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got a, uh, a that, that, that that'll change that mentality real quick <laughs> uh so yeah so we asked that question and uh and we got phone calls uh but the phone calls were for our sales uh director uh philip self yeah, yeah. yeah so. there were multiple calls to the uh, podcast extension looking for philip yeah. are you serious yeah yeah <laughs> so i don't think that was a legitimate answer so we cannot accept it yeah. let's just say the Philip is the cult. Yes. No. No. Uh, for those, no. uh, for no those who are, that was really. Oh, okay. No to the Colts. I thought yeah. you meant no to Philip. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, Philip I was like, cult. that was a really emphatic answer to. <laughs> no, I just don't want the Colts to win. Oh. For those who are gambling at home, uh, the Colts are favored <laughs> by five and a half. So, uh, not that we uh, promote gambling, we just want to let you know what's available. Yeah, we just report on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're journalists. We're reporting, not endorsing. <laughs> yes, exactly. correct, correct. All right, now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Okay, so, okay, enough sports. Enough sports. Let's get back to culture. Let's get back to entertainment. Last week, a very important thing happened to our generation. (laughs) Lost final season. Final final season. Final season. So um, we want to know from you what you think about the premiere, about the show, where you think it's going. I'd love, I'd love to kind of just spur a lost conversation. Hmm. Or a conversation with a lost person. <laughs> <laughs> There's the Jesus. So go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and, and join the discussion there. If you would like to call in looking for Philip's self <laughs> or, or to leave an audio reply to your thoughts about Lost in this season and everything, uh, you can call us at 407-660-1411, extension 126. That is not Philip Self's extension. It's the podcast extension. <laughs> so. All right. So that's the question of the week. 
Many thanks to Davis Guggenheim for talking to us. Again, his current documentary at Sundance right now is Waiting for Superman. He also is the man behind It Might Get Loud, uh, the amazing documentary featuring Jack White, The Edge, Jimmy Page. He also did An Inconvenient Truth as well. The man is uh, quite the acclaimed filmmaker, and we're honored that he talked to us. Indeed. Make sure to check out the premiere of Relevant.fm. It's a, uh, a fun project that we've spent a lot of time working on, and we would love to hear what you think. Tune in, check it out, listen while you're at work. And, and all that and uh, give us your feedback there is actually a Relevant FM fan page over on Facebook and that is actually where Chad will be checking in to get feedback about the songs the playlist uh, if there's songs you want to hear you know things like that that's where Chad will be interacting with you I was going to say one cool thing about this too is that um, in the future we're going to be integrating this a lot too like with the magazine so a lot of times if you'll read about a band or like we'll have a list like our music previews coming out in the March April issue you'll be able to hit up Relevant FM and we'll actually be playing some of the stuff that you'll be reading about so absolutely it's it's I mean it really is going to be a cool way for um, you did not just like read about the music. You can actually go listen to it and form your own opinions. Absolutely. So you don't have to take our word for it anymore, even though you should. <laughs> even though you should. <laughs> On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Josh Strang. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Gavin Carey. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Someone like you and all you Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. I just missed the... (laughs) (laughs) Take that out, Jack. No, please leave that in. It's great.